I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and Av, I'm sorry about your grandmother. The good news is this podcast is still alive. And I'm Av Sedensky, and I think it's a beautiful name. Pam, welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here to discuss season nine, episode one, Foisted, which originally aired on October 1st, 2017. Av, there are very few podcasts focused on the clitoris and talk about it, but we're deadly <laughs> focused on it tonight. I think 50% of all podcasts are focused on the clitoris. Yeah, it's like it is weird because there's this massive six year gap between seasons eight and season nine longest in the series history. You know, when we finished season eight, Barack Obama barely halfway through his first term in office. By the time we come back to curb, Donald Trump has been, you know, fucking shit up for nearly a year already. And LD and curb are back in a very different world. You and I are back in a very different world. Last time we were doing this podcast um, on like a, a season, like an old season, season eight was last summer. I think like COVID was over, like, you know, things were back to normal. Now it's like it's 2022 and like we've gone backwards in time and, you know, everything's wonderful. Uh, yeah, I guess we're we're following the pattern of, of curb going back in time a little bit. Yeah, we'll have uh, season nine. Try and not think of season 11 in our heads. Go back into the world of, you know, we just finished season eight. Although I think the, the last three seasons are very much less tethered to sort of like the, the history of the show. It's like we know the characters and that's all that really matters. Yeah, I mean, Leon lives week, with him I, instead of Cheryl. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 really kind of after Cheryl departs that everything kind of just becomes much more self-contained and like goes in all sorts of different directions rather than kind of being more just like a not quite never quite like a real sitcom, but it, it does resemble a sitcom a, a lot for like the first six seasons. And then once Cheryl's gone, like it just it kind of loses that whole like domestic nature to it that takes it completely off the rails. Yeah, it's it's not that Larry it's interesting because if anything, you could argue that Larry has more to lose now than he did before. Because when he comes back as the guy from Seinfeld, if Curb is just sort of a nothing show, like whatever, nobody cares. But now he's coming back by season nine. He comes back and it's like a massive celebrated event, at least in like the worlds we live in, you know, because we thought it was gone forever. But he just went off to do these different things, these things that we discussed during our own break, you know, by now is what in September or whatever, October. And but he comes back and he like each season he comes back. It's like a totally new swing now. And he just he doesn't care. He's like, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. And like, you know, I have I have no consequences here. And it's funny because I think a lot of people would feel the opposite way and feel like, well, now there's more pressure on me because now Kerb, but he's like and he's he feels freer, which I think makes it even a more enjoyable watch. Yeah, I mean, there definitely is a lightness to I think this season, especially and season 10 and maybe less of season 11, but, you know, kind of the late era curb where it's like it's just much wackier. I mean, kind of the way late season Seinfeld is, although in a different way. Um, But, yeah, it's it's much more just like anything could happen. And that's like part of the joy of it. Um, even if like the you know episodic structures and that sort of stuff that made curb what it is is not quite up to par and even if you know the, the comedy isn't always as like high quality it's just like it has this just like sprawling nature to it that i think is a lot of fun um and that i think we're going to enjoy on this podcast even if these aren't like the best episodes of curb yeah i'm coming in with a very open mind i'm not i'm not yes, thinking of like- what, what my thoughts were of these episodes at the time in season nine 
Yeah. So like if you uh, if you jumped on board uh, over the last few months because you uh, saw a podcast covering season 10 and you uh, liked what you saw and you're you're back for more. We uh, we welcome you along. If you've been here for a while, we welcome you back to 2017 where we last left you off. Um, If somehow this is where you're joining us, that seems very unlikely and unusual. But first first time you listen to this one. Yeah, that'd be strange. Yeah, I mean, it seems doesn't seem very likely. But if that's the case for somebody out there, then uh, we welcome you aboard as well. Uh, I, uh, you know, I'm not sure you quite know what you've gotten yourself into. But, you know, I think you'll probably like it if you've gotten this far. Yeah. Even this many minutes into yeah. this. They episode. haven't turned their phone off yet. Um, yeah, I think they're in. I think we All got right. them. Well, should now. we jump uh, right into the episode then? Let's jump an right jump. into season nine, episode one, foisted exclamation point. And season nine opens up not quite like many other seasons. We get this very interesting long tracking shot of like the whole uh, L.A. neighborhood that Larry David lives in. Eventually, it finds its way over to Larry's house and starts zooming in through his windows, into his bathroom, into his shower. And we see Larry singing uh, his favorite melody from Mary Poppins. Spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. And he's uh, singing in the shower. He's trying to open up his shampoo or his body wash, whatever it is. And he's having a lot of trouble. Much like this is very uh, akin to trying to open the uh, exacto knife um, back in vehicular fellatio. I believe it was that mm-hmm. episode. Um, yeah, Larry David has trouble opening packages of things, and you know, eventually he's just like so frustrated he just kind of like throws it against the wall and like smacks. And now he has he has this uh, broken bottle of shampoo, but at least the shampoo is coming out. And um, yeah, I mean, it, this, this episode doesn't really serve. I mean, sorry, this scene doesn't really serve any purpose other than being a bookend for the end, um, which is unusual. I mean, it's it's an interesting shot. Like, it's cool the way they do it. But I don't really know if uh, we're supposed to assume that maybe something got cut at some point where there was going to be like kind of a third beat to this shower thing. I think it's more just like it's a way it's it's first of all it's great physical comedy from larry um mm-hmm. as you said you know the exact knife the exact same situation but i think this is like a way of saying like i'm coming back it's been six years away and the, it's a very loud announcement we're starting i'm naked in the shower you know it's like michael <laughs> right. jordan's like facts i'm back this is just larry saying you know you know you think michael richards has great physical comedy here's some this is what i'm going to show you with and again this is the first thing we've seen we haven't seen him in six years and um, and then we go from that straight into like, I think the next, uh, you know, we hear Larry's commentary about non-traditional gender stereotypes. It's just, mm. you know, Larry's here to say, you know, nothing's changing. <laughs> I don't care about the rest of the world. I'm doing whatever I want. I'm old. I don't care. I'm not looking yeah. back. I'm just going. Um, yeah. So we head over to. Um, I think this is going to be Jeff's office, uh, Jeff's office building. And Larry's walking ahead of a woman and he considers holding the door for her, but then decides not to. And, you know, he's holding it for a little bit. He goes inside uh, and she comes up to him. She's like, what's the deal? Like, why didn't you hold the door for me? And he's like, oh, well, you know, I kind of like assumed that like you weren't the type that would want to have the door held open for you. And she's like, what do you mean the type? He's like, well, you know, I saw, you know, the short hair and the vest. 
Um, and you know, I love like, how she like, doesn't you know, make it easy on him. You know, <laughs> well, I mean, when you like, say, say something of that, yeah. Like, yeah, spell it out. Yeah. What, what what are you trying to say? I I, uh, I like to do that. I, I did that recently uh, when I went to uh, when my my neck was hurting, as I mentioned on another podcast. I like to make people spell things out. <laughs> yeah. Well, we there's we as we have ways that your neck can be hurting. Yeah. <laughs> um. I walked by your house. You got into a massive car accident. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then he's like, well, you know, also, you know, I kind of like did a calculation of like how far you were away and like, you know, the combination of just like the distance and like the type. And, you know, I just I, I thought you would be founded up, frankly, if I if I yeah. held the door open for you. And, and it's just, it's I, classic Larry Curb. You know, there's an easy explanation, which is focus on the distance. But no, no, I'm going right. to bring up gender identity first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Focus on the distance. Yeah. Right. Although even he admits um, by the end of the scene, like, but you can't dispute the, the distance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that was his much better argument. So yeah, you yeah. could conf- you, you could you could dispute my like you know kind of bigoted approach to situation, uh, making assumptions purely based on appearance. Yeah. Uh, but the distance that you can't. Yeah. Tell you. <laughs> um, I I kind of often find myself in like the opposite situation here, and the the character in life that I despise. It's one of my least favorite characters. Is the over eager door holder. Who like, I'm just like, you know, I'm going along. I'm going at my pace. I don't need anyone to hold, hold open the door for me. Like, I'll be fine. I could like, you know, my my wrists function. I could open the door. But then like, if the person in front of you holds the door, like now I have to like speed up because like now I'm a prick. If I'm like, just like continuing to like mosey yeah, along. But you all, not only that, holding the door. you also have to hold it for the next person behind you, no matter where they are. <laughs> right, I guess. Shane has begun. Yeah. Um, I also hate when then there's like multiple doors and now it's like, oh, so now that like we have to do this like four times like, <laughs> yeah. I need to open up like the inner door for you. And now we have to, we're going to both go to like the third floor. But so then but then sometimes when there's like the back to back doors, you switch roles like the person who opens um, the first door. Then right. For the second you, door. Because you let him go through. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that, that happens. I guess that's more um, equitable. Um, but yeah, that over eager door holder, not a fan. You, you, you know, he's really my guy. <laughs> I was going at a good pace. I don't need to like, you know, now everything's thrown off. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So we head up into Jeff's office and uh, we have probably like the worst um, scene of like uh, horrible exposition in like the whole series here. <laughs> where, well, Jeff's basically like, let me summarize the, what's been going on for the last five years. Yeah. You wrote a musical about how Salman Rushdie had his life ruined because he had a fatwa death threat. From, like he even explains what fatwa is in the yeah. explanation to Larry. He's like, yeah. yeah, Larry knows what a fatwa is. He just wrote a musical called Fatwa. And like, Larry was so busy it. writing this for five years, he could do nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So now it is partially based in real life. Larry did leave to write a musical but, or a Broadway show, not a musical. Right. Yeah. Now, did you see um, the Jeff's... name on the date that la- of the script that Jeff Larry drops on Jeff's desk is, is October 1, 2017. Is that the day of, of Foisted? The, that is the, the day the episode, the episode uh, is on the air, October 1st, 2017. You see how easy that is, Curb? Just acknowledge the date in your world is the same date in ours, and we'll avoid complications. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we know as of October 1st, 2017, we're on the same exact same uh, the same yes. date. I mean, we're in different timelines, but we're at least. But at yeah, the same but, point but that doesn't timeline. prove anything about season 11 because they could be flash forward flashbacks, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, the whole season could be open. a flash forward. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a dream. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So so you don't love the exposition and like, oh, this is why we've gone for five years. Susie emerging <laughs> from nowhere, like. 
the way that from the perspective of the last scene we just saw with Jeff, our assumption is that Larry has barely seen the greens for the last five years. He was a hermit, basically focused on this on this script. <laughs> and Susie emerges from out of nowhere to shit on the guy. His last five years, you completely wasted your time. Like just like the huge asshole energy coming straight <laughs> out of the gate from Susie after five years. It's beautiful. Yeah, she's seen everything on Broadway. No one's going to want to see this. They yeah. want uplifting. Yeah. This is not uplifting. Yeah. Um, and we find out that the reason why Susie's even in this part of the world, uh, not at home, why she even near Jeff's office, is that she was looking at venues because Samala is getting oh, married. Yes. Sammy has grown up and- again. It's another way to remind us how much time has passed. Because last time we saw her, she was still a little girl. She was a teenager, maybe, right? Yeah, she was a teenager. She's like 14 years old, but she's still living at home. She's, you know, invoking, getting Larry involved in her shenanigans, obviously, in Palestinian chicken. Um, it's really like, and, and like one thing, as I was watching it, and as I'm recapping with you now, like, I'm really trying to focus on like, put yourself back in the world of 2017, right? Like, it's been so long since we've had Kurt, but it's been so long since we've seen these people. Like, I, I lived in Manhattan from May of 2012 through June of 2017 for over five years. That entire era was curbless, like an entire period of my life without right. curb. And so it's like it's like such a long time. Like Susie comes out with straight hair, by the way. That's totally new. Yeah, I mean, maybe Larry David just was just very busy investigating the whole Benghazi thing. <laughs> um, so, maybe. you know, that's five years. Other than Susie's straight hair, everybody kind of looks the same as what they looked at in season eight. Yeah, you know? I kind of agree with that. It's, it's interesting that they've all aged a lot more. From like nine to ten and ten to eleven, to three years, yeah, yeah, that they did between eight and nine, which was a yeah. five or six year gap. Yeah, interesting. It is. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, a global pandemic uh, and a you know Trump administration could have contributed to that. <laughs> yeah, we've all gone gray in the last couple of years. Um, yeah, I do love though. Um, so Susie comes out; she's absolutely trashing him, and Larry gives the subtle, "Oh, you poor fucker." <laughs> Um, yeah um so yeah so she's marrying an afghan war vet um which larry is concerned you know have you wondered about the whole ptsd like what if he has that and susie's like "Ah, he doesn't have ptsd i would know if he has ptsd i don't know how why she thinks she would know what i don't little curious about the nature of this um green um (laughs) afghan vet uh, relationship and susie's involvement therein uh that she thinks that she would know this no reference Uh, by the way of the survivor episode of curb when there was extreme ptsd (laughs) <laughs> yes um but yeah larry's like you know he could be fine now and just like two three years from now he's gonna start like waking up in the middle of the night and just start punching and like larry does this like great like mimicking of the guy like punching i'm not sure how much larry uh, knows about ptsd either yeah I, yeah but like he he doesn't he feels very confident opining about things on which he is not knowledgeable yes, um, yes. that's never been a i don't know anyone else like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, to be honest, that's literally everybody in 2021, 2022. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't still opine on yeah. about which nobody knows anything. So it kind of creates a vacuum yes. for all sorts of people to yes. find their opinion. Everybody I know is, is an incredible uh, scientific expert in all directions. Yes, yes. And there's also simultaneously an expert on inflation and supply chains yeah. and how easy it would be to fix. Yeah. Um, and, it wouldn't uh, even be very hard. Voting rights. 
Yeah, everyone's an expert on a lot of different areas yeah. all at the same time. It's really fascinating. Antitrust law. Everybody does everything. Um, so, yeah, so Jeff gets a message. His guest has arrived, and it turns out that his guest is his barber who is here to give him a haircut in his office, um, which is a, you know, like a super rich person type of thing to do. I've never gotten a, a barber to come to me like that. So during COVID, I think people started to do it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. More so. I, I did. Mean, I did. That I had my barber come to me in house. the sense that like I had a friend cut my hair using clippers at, at like no, a camp yeah, and at school and in door, you know, but they'd come to my that's dorm not the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Here's my question. They walked in together. They had the interaction in the lobby <laughs> together. Yeah. Where did she go for long enough for Larry to have the whole expository conversation about, about Fatwa? Uh, maybe she was like waiting. At, yeah, no, she should have been here. Yeah, maybe she had, no, she had to. We should have seen a race. Another quick appointment first. Oh, yeah. She, yeah. Maybe she stopped uh, by someone else to, uh, you know, give a quick trim. A very, very quick. Maybe trim. She, or she went to uh, maybe there's a bridal shop in the building. Oh, yes. She is a bride. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, so, of course, it's, it's immediately uh, very awkward between Larry and Betty uh, because of the interaction from earlier. But she, she, she's like right away, like, don't worry about it. like she like she's actually very savvy in a way that like a lot of people are not like she recognizes like right away, like Jeff is my client. This guy is like clearly like friends with Jeff. Like it's in my interest. Like I'm not going to like hold a grudge now. I'm going to like lose the client. Um, you know, we, we often see people not make smart decisions around like business relationships in a way that Betty is, I think, much savvier than Larry David and Jeff Green and Susie Green. Yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, and Larry apologizes and, you know, everything is good. Um, and Susie's like, Larry, you should know Betty's a lesbian and she's actually getting married to her partner next week. Yeah. And Larry, harder, Larry complete. Yeah, immediately susses out like, oh, oh, you're just like so cool that you want to be able to tell me you're lesbian friends uh, like you're so hip. By the way, how do they not have any other lesbian friends? Um, I could see Larry David having a ton of lesbian friends. But, but, yeah, but you Susie, Susie and Jeff. Would. Yeah, you would think they would. Yeah. And uh, Larry's like, you know what? I can actually also use a haircut myself. And Betty, like, you know, gives him a look. He says, yeah, OK, I'll give you a haircut. I'll come to your house. Great. Yes. And um, from this so, yeah. from this moment, it's instantly obvious to everybody that whatever she charges Larry, it's going to be uh, the special Larry David rate. <laughs> um, I don't know that I even necessarily thought that. Um, I thought that she was going to like maybe like sabotage him somehow. I didn't think she was going to specifically overcharge him. Yeah, but sabotage him like, you know, you should spray paint a smiley face on his bald head. <laughs> but how does that really help her? Overcharges him. You know, that helps yeah. her. That puts money right. in Right. Again, you know, a savvier business person than other people that we've seen. They, I guess they so, get, yeah. they, well, they pre- she they has fuck you money. She doesn't have fuck you money. Yeah, yeah, they're always, you know, other people are more interested in getting revenge on Larry David rather than helping themselves. This one yeah. lady knows how to do both at the same time. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so we go over to Larry's office now and Larry's uh, working on his script when his long lost assistant comes in. She's limping. She's walking with a cane and she tells him that, you know, I've been out for two days um i was like yeah i know you know how was your vacation it's like vacation what are you talking about i was constipated the whole time like it was horrible <laughs> i was like what do you mean you were constipated like you took off work because you're constipated everyone's constipated like i'm constipated now my father's constipated yeah i'm very constipated it's not yeah. a big deal people do things constipated you want to see how um, constipated I am right now? Pull down your pants. <laughs> I'll show you. You'll see how constipated I am. Yeah. Nothing's so coming out. Here's my initial question. Carrie Brownstein and, of course, Fred Armisen, uh, you know, who are very close friends and, and you know, star show Mandy. together. Yeah. 
when he was on, he's like walking very slowly with the walker. Now she's on, she's doing the same thing. Was this an intentional thing? Was this just a coincidence? Is this a choice that she has for the, for the character? Is this something that, that was Larry assigned her? Um, I, I definitely don't think it's something that Larry assigned her. Um, so I, the script did not call, like they did not cast her and say, hey, you're going to play Larry's assistant who has a limp. Oh, um, yeah. Well, the limp is interesting because like it doesn't really come up. Uh, I mean, but it's like a very obvious it's not it's not like I understand, it's not, but like it's, it's not but it's not relevant to the plot. I mean, you know, Leon calls her a limpy bitch. <laughs> right. But meaning like nothing happens yeah, yeah. with that. Like um, it's like, I don't even what is it? Is it, is it a symptom of the constipation or she's like, unrelated? I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. Are they implying that people who are constipated have other medical maladies? I'm not even sure what it's trying to say. She's it's, so constipated that she can't how walk constipated is she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how constipated she is. It's like really constipated. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. These are all good questions. Um, I mean, I think you can go to work constipated. I, yeah. She says, you know, you wouldn't want me around. I wouldn't be able to function well. And he's like, all right, well, you know, I get you have it behind you now. She's like, oh, only partially. Like, like you don't, she hasn't even completely done the deed yet. Now, I, I would um, say that, like, the opposite would be more true. Like, if you're the, in the opposite situation, you don't want to be yes. in the office. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. Yes. Right here. Like, who cares? Don't be constipated. Yeah. So what do I care? Yeah. Yes, right. You you don't want someone with diarrhea to be in the office. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the person with diarrhea wants to be home. Yeah. Because then Larry introduces the concept of the chair of the chair toilet. <laughs> right. And he gives it one pretty. I give it zero pretties. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's just like uh, it's like uh, what's it called? Like a potty for a kid. And then what do you do with it? Like you want them to poop in the in the middle of the room? Yeah. Did, did you do you remember the SNL? You're not a big SNL guy. Don't forget, we need those reports by the end of the day. You got it. Oh. Oh, no. need to go to the bathroom, but you have a lot of work to do, and it's all the way down the hall. Yep. We've all been there before. Why don't you check your lamp? Huh? Check your lamp. Lampin'? Whoa. Go ahead. Do your business. What do you mean? Use it as a toilet. Oh, now I get it. Introducing the undercover office. <laughs> the only toilet that looks like a lamp. So you can go whenever you want and no one has to know. Just open it up and go to town. It'll be our little secret. Thanks, undercover office potty. I did good. Hey, Johnson, you get around to those reports? Yeah, finished them a while ago. I had plenty of time. Wait, why do you have so many lamps on your desk? <laughs> I guess I like a lot of light. <laughs> oh, God. Stinks in here. Well, it wasn't me. I used the bathroom all the way down the hall. Jesus, I think it's these lamps. <laughs> Man, it's definitely these lamps. Oh my god. It smells like regular it's lamps. Definitely lamps. Hey, Adams, get in here. <laughs> Holy. All right, everybody calm down. Oh, no, there's something wrong with these lamps. Uh, yeah, right. I probably have to get back to work. Dude, did you take a in your lamps? What, in these lamps? I don't think so. We gotta do something about this. I'm telling Mr. Anderson. No, please. Johnson, this is never easy, but uh, your co-workers are complaining about your lamps. But I go to the bathroom all the way down the hall. You have to take a look at these lamps. Oh, my God. You lied, Johnson. You went to the bathroom in the lamps. Get them out of here! Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Let me guess. Nosy co-workers caught onto the lamps because you had too many on your desk? Yep. We've got you covered with everyday office items that you can use as a toilet. 
Introducing the undercover office potty disguised supplies. There's the stapler, the tape dispenser, and the automatic pencil sharpener. Oh. Hey guys, look, I got rid of the lamps. Why is your tape dispenser so massive? Hmm. I guess I like a lot of tape. He's going to the bathroom in these oversized fake office supplies. I go to the bathroom down the hall. What is wrong with you? Needed... Why would you do this? The voiceover said it would save time for business. What have you been working on? I don't know. I've been too busy going to the bathroom. It smells like <laughs> in here. Am I fired? Yes. And take that with you. Right, yeah, of course. Oh. Be bold. Be true. Make the bathroom come to you. All right. So first of all, they stole the idea that Larry recommended. <laughs> um, yeah, he should have his lawyer from New York uh, file a claim. Yeah. And I think we can clearly see that um, why it only deserves uh, zero pretties, in my opinion, even though Larry gives it a one. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say at least like a chair is better than a lamp because like you're already, at least you're already sitting. <laughs> Um, so I give it one pretty for that compared to the lamp with the lamp. Uh, lamp la- lamp, lamp is worse than chair. Sure. Okay, I agree. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not 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 the version of lamp in that uh, I'm into. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Next scene. It, yeah. So I yeah, mean, so is that know, proof, by the way, that they stole it from curb? <laughs> that they did a lamp, which is the next scene in the show. Yeah. Um is it subconsciously. Proof? It's not proof of anything. I, don't I think know. subconsciously it goes into their heads. When? How much later was this? Um, this was in March of 2018. So this was five months later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no way people on SNL aren't watching Curb. Yeah, that's his idea. That's yeah. his idea. He should get a. He should get a cut. All the proceeds that SNL gets from selling um, those toilets, they should have to give. Uh, yes. 30 percent to larry david yeah this is like the the howard car all over again for larry david keeps getting screwed <laughs> um so she goes on to say that she got a voicemail from richard lewis and his parakeet died and larry's like okay i'll send him a text and she's like i don't know you know i don't is a is a text good enough for a death and larry's like well i you know if it was a person i would completely agree but for a parakeet it's fine and he does this whole thing. He asks her to get a refill on the pen, but she's like, she doesn't want to do it because she's afraid that she's going to lose it. And he's like, hey, go back to your toilet seats. Um, yeah, I don't really know what that was about. I guess they're just trying to show that she's just like very lazy bad job. and very bad at her job. Right? Yes, exactly. Um, okay, so we're going to head home and we're going to have Larry um, hearing some noise from the backyard in our first clip of season nine. What a yard, by the way. Lovely. Let's just don't fall in the pool. No offense. They were foreshadowing even back then. What are you doing? Ah, uh, you okay? Yeah, what are you doing? I'm fucking lamping. What you doing? You're lamping? <laughs> chilling. Relaxing. Why'd Way you change back. from chilling? What was wrong with chilling? <laughs> you gotta get another one? Lamping? Lamping, I can sit around here with some fucking boxes on a tank top, my feet the fuck up. And chilling is what? You gotta be in real clothes? You can walk around and chill. You know, oh. you, you upright. 
You chilling upright. You guys got some great slime. <laughs> I gotta say. The fuck you got. We got boss. That's a boss shirt. Oh man. Huh? Who's we? Who, who how is boss a we thing? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering that. Bald people. Hey, I wouldn't even say that shit by mistake. I mean, we got yeah. some good ones. Yeah. My assistant, mm -hmm. okay, doesn't come to work for two days. You know why? You know what she tells me? What? She was constipated. Who doesn't come to work because they're constipated? <laughs> Have you ever heard of that? Fuck no. Come on, man. Ridiculous. Come on, I shot a porno constipated. <laughs> I ran a 5K <laughs> marathon constipated. Shit, man, come on. I was in a hot dog eating contest uh, hold on, constipated. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You shot a porno? Yeah. Seriously? Seriously. And a hot dog eating contest constipated. <laughs> this is still one. That's not a fucking excuse. You cannot let this bitch use constipation as something to lean on. You got to fire that bitch. Yeah, well, that's easier said than done. It's, you know, she's got a she's got a limp and a cane. I'd feel sorry for her, and I, I can't, I can't do it. And but by the way, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Okay, <laughs> what the fuck else could it be? I'm not at liberty to to say. I can't say. What is it? I don't, I don't want to say. I don't want to talk about you it. You fucking walked all the way the fuck over here. Yeah. You disturbed me from fucking lamping. <laughs> you ain't gonna fucking tell me what the fuck it is. I, I, I can't say. Tell me what the fuck going on. <sighs> Let's just say our uncle fucked up. <laughs> Recently? No, no, years ago. Oh, shit, man. So you see the dilemma that I have? Between the limp and the cane and the uncle, she's unfireable. God damn it, man. You can't fucking fire can't her. Fire, I know. And the thing about it is that she was so highly recommended. She used to work for Jimmy Kimmel, and, and he, he recommended her to me. He said she was great, and she's awful. Well, why would he recommend her? I don't know what the fuck happened. He foisted you, man. Fucking Jimmy Kimmel. Foisted that bitch on you. What do you mean? He couldn't fire her either, so he passed the ass on to you. Don't you ever allow yourself to get foisted. You understand? That fucking limpy ass I girl. Foisted. Now the only way to resolve this huh. shit, on your fucking mind, and you think of someone you can unload this limpy bitch onto, you have to get rid of this bitch. You know what? Every now and then, every now and then, <laughs> Come on, you. Come on I gotta say, you surprise me. <laughs> Boom. Is that still workable? This is like the number one curb, Jeff. Yeah. Will you let me know when that goes out of fashion? When that shit stop, I'll let you know. And if you see me doing anything else that the black community might frown upon as being uncool, you're gonna let me know. I'll stop your ass. Okay. You know I will. All right. I go upstairs and start lamping. I don't. I don't even know where to start. I wanted to pause it for comments so many times, but but you don't interrupt like greatness, like. That might be the best scene in Curb history. It's certainly like if I wanted to do something like Leon, holy fucking shit. I mean, he's unbelievable. We haven't seen this guy in six years. Yeah, this is you a know, Hall of Fame episode. Hall I, of Fame. He, I mean, first thing off the bat is lamping, right? Like, the confidence <laughs> to think the first thing I'm going to do on this season is make up a slang word that simply because of the power of my personality is going to enter the lexicon. This is like this is like Barry Sanders in 2003, 2004. It's almost not even fair. Oh, and 30 seconds later, another term enters into the lexicon. It's like, poison. that's two in like in 30 seconds. It's unbelievable. He's so good. It's incredible. Yeah. And, and, and somehow in the middle also throws in an anecdote about how he casually shot a porn video. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, let's fact check that. Uh, did Leon shoot a porno constipated? Um. I would say he didn't shoot a porno at all. Yeah. Did Leon run what he calls, quote, a 5K marathon constipated? I'm going to say people who run 5Ks and marathons know those terms and don't mix them up. Um, and then did he enter a hot dog eating contest? And we later learned that he won constipated. 
Uh, which um, is I say he, I say he entered and he was constipated, but he did not win. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying, so you're saying no porno at all. He no never ran a 5K. Certainly he not. He did enter a hot dog eating contest, but not constipated. That's your position. No, he was constipated, but he didn't win. Oh, he did. End, okay. So that part's true. So it's two, it's two lies and a truth with Leon. So porno lie, yeah. five. Okay. Got yeah. it. Yeah. None of them were completely true. Yeah. No, no, I do. I, Larry introducing like the uncle fucking her. Like we had this on curb previously, although Larry was, was the, uh, was the fucky from the uncle in that <laughs> scenario. I, I don't love bringing that back. Like, especially, yeah. like, you know, the, by the way, then Leon casually drops a limpy bitch. Like again, like this is bonds 2002. And then the, the, the gif that you said of the boom, like, I mean, it just, it's, this is like, it, I, I don't know if it might be the best scene in television history. <laughs> Man, it's so good here. It's unreal. It's it. This is, this is super powered, Leon. I am yeah. co- uh, completely on board. Um, I, yeah, I, I watched this. I watched that scene like three times tonight because it's yeah. just so good. It, it, it just, you know, you know, Diana would have been enough with like one thing and he just keeps bringing it over and over. Yeah, and I, I think certainly the, um, Foisted is like the, the lasting legacy of the scene, um, for me at least. I mean, it's a, it's a term I use all the time. Um, and like people, like it, it's, it's a great term because like it means nothing, but people kind of know exactly what you mean, even if they've never heard the term before, like when you use the way you use it. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a perfect word. Yes. Um, so it's just, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I don't know that wh- how it was originated, whether it was like he literally just made it up in the moment. I have no clue. Uh, but yeah, it's, I use it all the time. It's, it's just really entered the lexicon in, you know, it's, it's a Hall of Fame curb word. Like it's, a, it's like top 10. Like you went through all the different yeah. um, terminologies that, that curb is introduced into the dictionary. I think foisted is like on that first page. Yeah. And that is a good question for next time we have a guest who would know the answer to it. Was foisted, how much of that was Leon and how much of that was, you know, coming into the, like, was it something that Leon came up with while they were playing and then that ends up being the name of the episode or, or did Larry have that idea already and Leon just had to get to it? It's a good question. Yeah. Um, question. Well, yeah, it's the name of the episode, so it's hard. To, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, All right. So okay. now we have to do something which we're going to continue doing through seasons 9, 10 and 11, which is find excuses why we need to see Cheryl, basically. <laughs> um, um no not just yet oh, oh this is not we haven't yet got to people against mutilation yeah we have one more scene yeah uh, what am i missing um so yeah so we're in larry's house and betty's giving him the haircuts oh yes yes and oh, you scene. know they're talking they're talking about getting married um she asks larry if he's ever been married he says he was i wasn't that excited about it my mother always complains that i never get excited about anything um, and Larry wants to know how it's going. You know, how does this even work? Like, who gets the, the here comes the bride song? Who wears the dress? And Betty's like, you know, I'm going to wear the dress. I'm getting the song. Um, Numa's going to be the groom. Um, he's like, interesting, really. I'm not really getting, you know, bribe vibes from you. Um, and Betty's a little taken aback. Um, you know, you know, just try to picture it. Like, you could see me, like, you know, I'll be walking down the aisle with the gown and with my dad. And Larry's like, oh, there's also a gown. <laughs> he's like, he's like, that's going to be that's a terrible mistake. And then he's like, no, it'll be great. It's going to be amazing. Like, he's not, he's like, do you have like, let me see your this this uh, partner of yours. Let me see this other woman. And he puts out a pulls out a picture of Numa, who is um, played by what's her name? Naveen Padrad. Nassim. Yeah. Nassim Padrad. Uh, and Larry looks at her and sees how beautiful she is and says, there you go. That's a bride. Perfect. <laughs> there, look at you. You're a group. Yeah. 
Uh, and Leon comes in and he sees the picture of her and he points at her and says, yep, that's a bride. Yeah. You're a groom. <laughs> She's fine as fuck and you're one lucky groom. <laughs> um, and he, he, one last thing is that he tells Larry that we're out of peanut butter and he, <laughs> he leaves the room. Um, and then he charges Larry 150 for the haircut. And Larry's like, wow, I can't believe it's that much, especially when I'm bald. And she's like, you're not bald. Like, you have, you know, you have plenty of hair. And he um, he asks her to, you know, think about it, on, you know, as she's heading out, like, you know, you're a lovely girl, but unfortunately, you're not a bride. Hmm. So just think on it a little bit. Now, do you think it's possible that uh, be- that she sees Betty sees the Leon Larry dynamic and thinks that maybe they're dating? And that's why Betty is a little more sympathetic to Larry in a way that Nassim won't be. Um, I didn't think of that. Um, I don't think that's what's going on. Um, because she does. Think, Betty seems to care a little bit too much about uh, Larry's opinion. Well, I think that we're supposed to understand that it's somehow like hit a nerve with her that she. It's sort of like Josh Gad. That reson- when, when Larry's like a, a stranger in your life and he gives you advice, never take it. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't take advice from Larry yeah. David. Don't, don't even tolerate it. You know, nip it in the butt. Um, unless the advice is this would be a really successful television program. Yes. You should air it. Yes. On your network. Although, is he good at that in this show? Everything he does fails. It's post Seinfeld. Uh, post Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, well, he has ideas that people are very excited about. They fail more because of his personal behavior. Yes. Than because he's of, like, he's he like Kramer. To the show. He can come up with the yeah, idea. Like, yeah. Yeah, his ideas are good, but then like he lets his uh, personal life and his behavior just destroy everything around. Him. Yeah. And um, he, as we said, he has the fuck me money, so he doesn't care. Yeah. Um, fuck me. Fuck you money. Yeah. Um, so we head over to, as you said, the reception for the people against mutilation, uh, which Cheryl's hosting. And Larry interrupts the conversation with the guests to go say hi to her. And Larry makes fun of the name of the organization. He thinks it's really bland. You know, it's like yeah, people strike. against mutilation. It, to me, it gave real Arrested Development hands off our penises vibes. <laughs> TBD. No, hands off our penises. Remember Hoop? Oh, I don't remember that one. I remember TBD. Hoop is the name of the charity that Lindsay Bluth is a big supporter of. Uh-huh. And it stands for hands off our penises. It's anti-circumcision. <laughs> okay. And I, I thought to me, like that was sort of like a unintentional or unintentional, but that's kind of, so here we go with people, uh, people against mutilation. And I thought for a second, oh, maybe Cheryl's turned anti-circumcision now that she's divorced from the Jew, but no, it's a, it's a, it's a more legitimate form of mutilation. Now, and I know some people think the same about, you know, <laughs> circumcision, but I don't think they're in the same category. Uh, yeah. We don't need to go down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, so yeah she's like you know yeah this really is such a great organization even though it has a very stupid name because there's very few charities that focus on the clitoris or as Seinfeld would, would have us believe the clitoris yes um, I think and Larry's like I completely disagree I think about half of the population focused on the clitoris I'm deadly focused on mm-hmm. it I can tell you that for sure yes um, so Ted walks over and says hi to them and Cheryl's like oh how are you how's Mary and Ted immediately gets like very nervous and starts stuttering and says, oh, I guess we just haven't seen each other in a while. Uh, but Mary and I have actually been separated for almost three months already. And our divorce is almost final. And yeah. Larry and Cheryl are shocked. They can't believe it. Um, and, and I do and like Ted the fact like- that Larry basically said to Cheryl, uh, to, to Danson, hey, uh, listen, I know you and Mary are very deeply in love, but for my show, <laughs> can you get divorced? Because I need Cheryl to stick around. So I need her to start dating. you." <laughs> right. And he's like, sure. Much um, like her yeah. Sure, I don't need my wife. Yeah, well, he's an actor. Yes. 
Um, and it's like, almost, I, would, you know, I would actually, guess it's almost preferable for these people to break more from who they are in real life because it sort of just accentuates the fact that it, that they are acting right. Bit. Right. Yeah. And it's like less creepy, potentially. Yeah. To like have so much overlap. Um, I do like how this episode also we keep giving like each of our like beloved characters who we haven't seen in six years, like each one gets a chance. So we had Susie come out and, you know, eviscerate Larry. We got well, we right. had Larry in the shower, of course. Um, and then we had the Leon tour de force. And then we have Cheryl and then we have Ted and now we get Richard, you know? Yeah. It's like a welcome back to her for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like Ted's like, actually, it's been working out great. We're better friends than ever. And Larry's like, oh, that's bullshit. Yeah. That's something that you people tell each other. So like they could like wean, wean themselves off the relationship. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So Jeff calls Larry over and he tells him that you're not going to believe it. Every producer that I have sent Fatwa to is interested. This is amazing. Everyone wants it. Now, explain to me why this would be so. It's un. it's entirely impossible to predict for everyone else that this might be offensive <laughs> in 2017 uh, this, when in 1989 it calls the global fatwa like yeah it's gonna it's gonna get them all killed it's very strange how in the in the beginning of the episode every producer wants it by the end of the episode nobody wants to touch it the only thing that happened in the middle was the thing that everyone in the world knew was going to happen <laughs> um yeah yeah um i guess somewhat yeah they should have anticipated the that the fatwa would, would result in a fatwa uh, um, it did happen immediately. Well, it was only because he did the voice. Yeah. <laughs> you never go full fatwa. You never go full fatwa. Um, so, yeah. So he tells him you're going to go on Jimmy Kimmel to promote it. Um, it's a little early to be promoting it. I don't really understand why he's going on Jimmy Kimmel. Like, well, because we mentioned he, all he did is write a script. I know, but meaning like he does all he did is write like the screenplay for it. Like, yeah, you, you would go on Jimmy Kimmel like the week that it's like debuting on Broadway or whatever. I, and I mean, probably I not even Jimmy Kimmel. You would go to like New York ones. Probably. If they get more public talk about it, it'll be a way to be able to recruit bigger stars. I don't know. I guess. But, like, Have you ever heard of, how, of, like, a, of, a, of a Broadway show that far in advance? I've never heard of anything that far in advance. Like they don't, you don't usually have like, oh, here's Quentin Tarantino just wrote his latest screenplay, which will be coming out in 18 months. And he wants to talk about it. Like, I don't know. That's actually, that's works. not true. Like I, I first heard of Hamilton when I read an, an interview of Lin-Manuel Miranda, who of course will be seen later on in the season of Curb, when In the Heights came out. And it said like the next thing he's working on is a rap song with the history of Alexander Hamilton. And actually, and I know I mentioned this on Curb before, like uh, on 32 fans, like I bought a ticket during previews the, the first time you could possibly buy a ticket like a year in advance because I read about it. And I'm not a big Broadway guy at all or a Lin-Manuel Miranda guy, honestly. I just sort of happened to, to like that particular thing. So I think they do. I mean, it was in a New York Times profile. So I think, you yeah, know, I think that's he, the, no, he could have got on Jimmy Kimmel. All right. Lin-Manuel Miranda, we all knew he was working on Encanto way before it came out. Yeah, but like he wasn't like going on, like doing like the late night shows, like promoting it. Like you wait. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. There's something to see. Yeah. No, it it might be mentioned in passing. It's not the primary reason why he's going on. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So Jeff's Larry's like, by the way, how much did she charge you for that haircut? And Jeff's (laughs) like $75. And Larry's like, what the hell? She charged me twice as much. $150. What would your guess be for how much it would be cost in Hollywood for somebody to come to your house and cut your hair? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I would think it would be more than that for that. Yeah, I would have guessed service. two to three hundred or more yeah, when she which, knows how rich these guys are. Yeah, I mean, this is a ridiculous amount of money to pay for a haircut, especially if you're bald. Um, I pay what, like fifteen dollars, seventeen dollars. Yeah, I don't pay more than twenty dollars, but like I, I know a lot of people like us who spend 40 or 50 for sure. And that's yeah. we go to the place. So seventy five. Right. Jen spends more than seventy five or one hundred and fifty. Right. Yeah. 
So, you know, and, and she's less vain than, uh, than Jeff for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Larry's like, don't worry, I'm going to go talk to her. I'll, I'll, I'm going to work this out. Um, he then sees Lewis uh, from across the room and calls him over. Mm. And Lewis is like, no, you come to me. And they both start like motioning at each other, like each one telling the other one that they should come up to them. They finally like agree to pick a spot across the room where they'll meet like halfway and talk over there. Yeah. And Larry complains that like he had to take more steps to get to where Lewis was. It didn't work out fairly. Uh, Lewis is like, well, I'm a little bit older. And Larry tells Richard that Fatwa has a lot of interest from producers and he's really excited. But Lewis doesn't care because Larry <laughs> sent him a despicable text message <laughs> following his bird's passes, his bird's passing, which read, sorry about your bird. The good news is I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is pretty funny. And Larry's like, yeah, I didn't really feel too bad. It's like, it's just the dead parakeet. Like, I mean, if it had been like an exotic toucan or a macaha, that would be something to be sad about. But like, this is just like a regular bird. And Richard's like, well, you know, I live alone and I really bonded with it and I loved it unconditionally. And the bird loved me. He loved you too, by the way. He would sometimes say Seinfeld. He would chirp it. And Larry doesn't <laughs> think he was really saying Seinfeld. <laughs> he was just making a noise. Yeah. Um, and uh, Richard's like, come on, you know, this is like you're, you're the worst. Like you have no empathy. And Larry's like, you know, you're a comedian. You should really be less sensitive and have a sense of humor about things. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fair. Um, and, you know, they uh, they had their separate ways. And Larry. Well, hold on. Away. And Richard just has Hall of Fame absurd lines. Like, he's like, I don't live in a Cuban dance hall. <laughs> like, what does that even mean out of context? <laughs> um, yeah. Everything Richard says is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so Larry heads out. Actually, hold on. He, I, I want to look up because I, I took that note. I don't remember what does it mean. Like, in what context does he say, I don't live in a Cuban dance hall? <laughs> oh, when he says the exotic, it's, it's <laughs> some exotic bird from Brazil, like a macaw or a toucan. He says, I don't live in a Cuban dance hall. I live in my own home and it doesn't take toucans. It doesn't, what, he's anti-toucan? <laughs> I don't know. Never been to a Cuban dance know. hall. I have not either. But if I ever go, I'm expecting a toucan. Yeah, it's filled with toucans. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So Larry and Susie um, rendezvous outside. And uh, Susie tells her, tells him that, um, you know, the reason why I'm late is that I've been like working really hard on my new business. Soaps on, <laughs> uh, which is probably an even worse name than Pam. Yeah. <laughs> and, she, you know, He's like, you know, you couldn't think of a better name. And Susie's like, you know what you're talking about. You're an idiot. Susie deserves this after the way she shit on Fatwa five years of his life. Yeah. Um, Larry's like, oh, like you've been like working so hard in this business. And he's like, yeah, like I I need my probably need to get an assistant because I've had so much to do. And Larry's like, you know, if you're looking for an assistant, I actually, you know, I'm going to New York. I have this assistant. She's amazing, but I'm not going to need her. Um, You know, she worked for Jimmy Kimmel before. And she's like, oh, wow, Jimmy Kimmel, he's a big star, but she must be amazing. And Larry's like, you know what? Now, nah, like, I can't I can't give her up. And so she's like, oh, come on, please. Like, what are you going to do with an assistant? What are you going to call her in New York? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And she's like, OK, you know what? Fine. You know, you can have her. And she's like, you know, great. You're not going to regret it. And we get our first of the season. He tells he, he describes this whole situation as pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Four pretties out of five to the foisting of Susie. 
Yeah, I disagree. I disagreed before when he gave one pretty to the chair toilet. I think it deserves zero. And here I disagree with four. I think it deserves five. That is the perfect voice. <laughs> perfectly executed. It's perfectly executed. You, ha- It's like she thinks it was her idea. Like she basically begged yeah. to be foisted. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, he has complete deniability. Yeah. Except the way, we'll, the, we'll see how well that deniability does him. My beloved Minnesota Vikings are trying to foist Clint Kubiak, their terrible offense coordinator, on the Carolina Panthers right now. <laughs> Fine, uh, we'll let you interview him, but please don't hire him. We love him so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to foist. I will be very. You have to be careful though. It's like you have to thread the needle because you want to actually foist them. Like you don't want to. You don't want to scare them off. Yeah, scare them off. Right. But uh, yeah, but I don't think that Susie's too concerned about the. You know, Larry's. Uh, yeah. All yeah. right. Perfectly done by Larry. Yeah, it's a perfect voice. All right. So, yeah. So we go back to Betty's house. Larry's going to find out about the haircut. Now he has uh, to show up in person. Up How does to... he even get her address? Right. He can't call or text. No, this is an in-person conversation. Oh, well, the first time she came to him. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so, someone so gives yeah, you a so... haircut. They charge you too much. And your response is, right. I will find out where their home is and go ask them. Why they did. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe it's on her business card. Hmm, I guess so. Here's my personal. Um, so, yeah. So she, so he comes to knock on the door, but sees the door is already open, comes in and he sees that Betty and Newmar are arguing about the hall bride and groom situation. Yeah. And I'm very excited. And I, Betty's I love, like, what I are you Justin doing Pedro. here? I thought she left uh, yeah. SNL way too soon. Yeah. She's funny. Um, she was also she was on what? Like uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Was she on that? No, no. She no. She was on Mulaney. She left SNL to star oh, John Mulaney's sitcom right, Mulaney, right. which was supposed to be the next Seinfeld. Um, spoiler alert. It wasn't. Yeah. And, and then she was sort of struggling. Now she's on a show called Chad uh-huh. on TBS, which apparently I'm the only person who watches where it's almost, you know, Pen, do you watch Pen15? You've heard of Pen15? Uh, yeah, I watched a couple seasons of it. OK, so Chad is the same thing, except instead of being a 15 year old girl, uh, Nassim Pedrad plays a 14 year old Persian boy struggling in high school. And it's 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 very, very funny and very smart. And I don't know why it doesn't get more attention. OK, yeah, I recommend it. Okay, I'll check it out, maybe. Yeah, so he, he explains the reason why he's here is because the door was ajar. Uh, and it was like, oh, like, this is the guy. Like, and she starts yelling at Larry for putting all these ideas into Betty's head about that. She shouldn't she should really be the groom and not the bride. And he's like, what's your agenda? Like, why you have no business weighing in on our wedding? And Larry's like, all I said is that I thought that you should be the bride. <laughs> and, but Numa's hell-bent on being the groom. But let's like, I don't see it. She's not bridey. You're not groomy. And I mean, he really should stop like pushing on this point, like just yeah. tell them to do whatever the hell they want. Like, yeah, it's like the, the best time to stop was before you started. The second best time is right now. Yeah, it's like they're having a huge fight over it. Like you should just like disengage. Uh, but of course, Larry doesn't do that. And no, no was like, I don't understand. How is it appropriate for you to have an opinion on this? Which is correct. It's none of his business. And Larry's like, well, she cut my hair um, overcharged me, by the way. And Numa calls him a psychopath for interfering with the nuances of a lesbian wedding, um, which I agree. Yeah, there are there are nuances and they're, you know, with their for not for you to sort out. Yeah. Um, have you ever been to a lesbian wedding? Um, I don't believe so. I've been to one. Elaine was going to a lesbian wedding. Yeah, as well. so Elaine was going to a lesbian wedding way before it was uh, cool. Yeah, way before it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. It, was, it was cool because it wasn't it wasn't popular. Right. Yeah, now it's not cool. Yeah. Now straight weddings are cool. Yeah. Nah, no, no weddings are cool. <laughs> weddings are bad. Yeah. Actually, I like weddings. That's false. Invite me to your wedding. <laughs> I mean, if it we're is. friends or family. Oh, okay. 
I don't. I'm not planning on having another wedding, but I did. I did do the first one. Yeah. Oh, I had to leave your wedding early for work. It was very fun. Oh, I don't. I, I, I got cursed out. <laughs> Where are you? Uh, I'm at a wedding in Long Island. Get to the office right now. Um, oh. Can I get to the office in like four hours? You can get to the office in one hour. <laughs> Yikes! That was a great job. Um, yeah, it sounds wonderful. Yeah, so yeah. I sorry, I didn't I didn't notice that you were gone. Uh, I apologize. The wedding did a grind to a halt at my departure. <laughs> it did not. It did not. So life went on. Um, and Larry simply explains that he saw wrong and he tried to write it, which actually is what Ted Kennedy said about Robert Kennedy at his funeral. So I guess I'm like Robert Kennedy, <laughs> uh, father of my uh, ex-wife's real life uh, now husband. Um, he's like, she's like, you know, what's not Robert Kennedy ish wandering into people's homes and spouting nonsense. And he's like, well, the door was a jar. <laughs> she's like, stop staying the jar. Uh, that dude was like, you know, maybe you need a hobby. And Larry's like, you know, you might be right. When I was a child, I used to trap butterflies and nets, and it was so enjoyable and satisfying. You wouldn't believe it. And she's like, I didn't really expect you to answer that. And Betty calms her down, tells him, you know, I just want us to be happy. Don't worry about it. And Newman's was like, fine, I want to be the groom. And Betty pauses for a second, and Numa's pulls off her ring and says, that's it. I'm done. I hope your friendship with Larry David goes great. And she storms out. And Larry, as she's leaving, Larry tries to open the door for her, hold it for her. And he's like, he's like, I don't need you to hold the door for me, you prick. And he says, you see, see what happens when you try to help. <laughs> Only hold the door for the brides, not the grooms. Um, right, right. Yeah, grooms don't want doors holding for them. Um, so yeah, so Betty's like, so like, what are you doing here anyway? And he's like, well, I was wanted to know why you charged me $75 more for your haircut than you charged Jeff. And Betty's like, can't believe it. Like I just, you know, my marriage just, uh, disintegrated because of $75 to this billionaire yeah. and tells him to get the fuck out. And he's like, okay, yeah, fair. <laughs> I like what Larry does. He's like, okay. Like, he's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> that, that's that tracks. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to head back over to Larry's office. And... Now, I didn't even realize this. I totally forgot. But, like, you have to execute the second half of the foist. Like, Mara has agency in where she's going. Yeah. No, this is the, 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 the foistee is critical to the operation. Yeah, but Larry, you know, almost like uh, Kim Jong-il, like, he has nine holes in one on the first half, comes on the back nine, and, you know, he gets nine more uh, holes in one because he's perfect with Mara. Susie is a saint. yeah, yeah. Let's let's check oh, it out. To watch that. Oh, sorry, just yeah. Back. No bro. I've got some news. What is it? Okay, because the musical I might be going to New York, and I thought, what am I going to do about Mara? So guess what? I got you a job with my friend, a very close friend of mine. As her assistant, she's starting this new company called Soapson for natural Beth and beauty products. Mary, thank, thank you. <laughs> this woman really knows what she's doing. And by the way, she's such a terrific person. This woman's a, she's a fucking saint, okay? Well, okay. I mean, don't take this the wrong way. Always this job felt a little bit 
like it wasn't challenging enough. Is that so? So this this could be a good opportunity. We can start right now. Yeah, let's pack you up and uh, let's get, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Thank you for all the, the, the work, the hard work that you did. You know, it wasn't very challenging at all. And, and I, I don't, don't even know what you, you know, did exactly, just, but just... you claim to have done something, but I'm sure you did. Anyway, let's go. Here we go. Here we go. We got this. We got all this. Oh, look, you got little cookies and cakes here. Okay, take the plant. Yeah, there you go. Okay, take your water. Get get this out. I just... What else? We're done. We're good. Here we go. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're going to have a good time. Thanks. Can you walk a little faster with that thing? They, they have a limit. They speed along. <laughs> Do you want to get a celebratory drink or? No, I don't think so. All right, there are people well, who have different perspectives on this we, relationship. Should we hug goodbye? I'll tell you what. Let's do one of these. <laughs> well, you, we we learned from the, when you went to the Holocaust Museum that you have to stick your butt out for the hug. Yeah. All right. We'll see you. Can't have the genitals touch. Oh, and then Leon walks in. Fuck! I think it is. That's a foist. Mm, fuck. That <laughs> was a foist. My man. Look at yep. you. You huh? did it. How about that? She ain't gonna limp her ass back up in here, Oh, right? no chance. Dragging that goddamn foot. No right? chance. She's been foisted, man. So she's not coming back. Nope. She's out of here for good. <laughs> I can do this. What? What are you talking about? I can do this shit. What? Do what shit? I can be your new assistant. Oh, no, no. No, that's... That's impossible. <laughs> Come on, man. Library <laughs> <laughs> Davis office. What the fuck is up? That bitch can't voice it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, she's so good this episode. <laughs> yeah, she's. Uh, well, yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, you don't necessarily want Leon answering the phones, but yeah. I, I wouldn't mind being on the receiving end of that. Oh, it'd be great. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had the mix up before when Leon was answering Larry's phone, but people thought that it was Larry. Yeah. Um, so are we now go? I don't remember even now for season eight. Did we have like Leon starting with like the odd jobs yet? Or is that really also now going to be like a season nine through 11 thing or like like Leon and Larry are more, like doing like these like ventures together as different gigs? Part of the problem, because we are watching the show out of order on this podcast. Now we went from eight to 11 and out to nine is you're right. My memory is a bit you know confused about what's happened already. What hasn't happened yet? Yeah. I think it's okay. Uh, we'll figure it out. But yeah, I um, I can't remember much of season eight of, in this vein. Um, and I I know it becomes more like you know he does becomes kind of like the Homer Simpson like going from like random job to random job like Larry and him coming up with these like kooky ideas together. So um, that'll be fun to follow. Okay, so we're gonna head over to Jimmy Kimmel's studio to the green room, and Leon's on the phone telling the person on the other end not to call him again. And Jimmy Kimmel comes in, he sees Larry, and they're really excited to see each other. And Larry introduces Leon to Jimmy, tells him, you know, Leon's my new temporary assistant. And Leon, you know, has to take another call. And Larry asks if it's Jeff, and Leon tells him it is, I'll take it outside. Um, and he compliments Jimmy on all the snacks before taking them all with him outside. What was it? He would take out like a like a plate of like fish or something, right? Like <laughs> it's like sushi or something like that, or yeah. I don't remember, crab cakes. I don't, and he just like takes the whole platter. I'll be taking that. Um, and Jimmy's like, you know, ask Larry if everything's right. He's like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm just lamping. And Jimmy's like, what's that? You know, and Larry's like, oh, well, I'm learning black slang. <laughs> uh, very cool. And um, Larry's like, by the way, congratulations are in order. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, great job by you foisting Mara onto me. And Jimmy's like, 
yep, you got me. You're right. I did. I did. I did totally foist you, foist her onto you. And actually, she was foisted onto me by uh, Marty Short. Yeah. And this Larry is does- the right. This is the the mentality you're supposed to have behind the voice. If you get foisted, you don't get mad. You pass the voice along to someone else and you keep your cap. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like a game of musical chairs. You just don't want to be the last one with Mara when the music ends. And um, Larry's like, yeah, he says, I'm, I've already I've already foisted her into the next one. And Jimmy calculates <laughs> him as well. Um, yeah, it's kind of like those like no soap radio type jokes where like once you figure it out, like your job is to now be like you switch over to the other side. Like you're you're now in on with the people that know the joke. And there's still like that group of people who are unsuspecting and don't, haven't figured out like the shtick yet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like you're supposed to just casually switch sides. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And we're going to head on to the show. We're going to get a couple clips back to back here. So maybe we'll pause in between. Uh, we're going to have Larry on the Jimmy Kimmel show promoting his new play. Project, new, something you're working on. Yes, yes, I've uh, I've written a, a musical for Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called uh, Fatwa. 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 And what is a fatwa? A fatwa is a death sentence uh, handed out by the uh, Ayatollah. And this is a comedy. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's All a, right. It's a, it's a musical comedy. The Ayatollah's in it. Oh, the Ayatollah is in it? Of course the Ayatollah's in it. How can you have a fatwa without an Ayatollah? You do need an Ayatollah, yeah. right. What appeals to you about the Ayatollah? The whole, you know, the denunciation. <laughs> There's a lot of denunciation going the on. The denunciation? Oh, All day long, he's denunciating. He does he, do a lot He's not of shy that. about denunciation. Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. By the way, I just did it four times. I started to get denunciation elbows. You, know? <laughs> you have to be careful. Yeah, you got to be careful. You, you, you can kill yourself. It's not easy thing. to be the Ayatollah. It requires a lot of energy. Yeah. <laughs> How many Ayatollahs are there? Is all, are there only one Ayatollah? Well, now there's only one Ayatollah, and they all seem to have the same name, and they all seem to spell it the same way. And you never know, if you look at the history of Ayatollahs, it all seems like one person. Yeah, yeah. They all look exactly the same, and their names are... Kameni, Kameni, Komani. In a way, it's yeah. like the way KFC has the different comedians yes. like Colonel Sanders. Yes, it's the same thing. What else about the Ayatollah do you know? He's, uh, he doesn't like ways. He, he likes, he likes to... It was made by Jews. Yes. On his own, you know? Oh, Zionist okay. Yeah, he doesn't like ways. He gets in the car. Don't tell, don't give him any direction. He doesn't like to be told things. Uh-huh. I know how to go. My ways takes me to uh, to El Maso Boulevard. It gives me a left turn in rush hour. No good. You know. I feel like maybe I've been in an Uber with the Ayatollah because I've heard this very same dialogue. That's possible. Yeah. yeah. Do you know about the Ayatollah's life? Like, does he does he eat cereal? He loves granola. He does. Yes. Oh, so I, you, uh, Ayatollah agrees with you that granola is a cereal. Yes, of course. Um, <laughs> by the way, Jimmy Kimmel is very lucky that he also would get a uh, fatwa <laughs> against him, I think. Um, what would be funny is if Larry David, the real Larry David and Jimmy Kimmel got fatwa for the season of Curb. Yes. That would have added another uh, layer of meta commentary. Yeah. The Ayatollah either uh, doesn't get HBO or uh, had more <laughs> other things to do. More, more pressing fatwas to <laughs> yeah. issue. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, okay, should we, so should, anything more on this scene? You want to head into the uh, the reaction clip now? <laughs> oh, we're going to watch the Ayatollah here? Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's see the Ayatollah's response. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I think this actor is a Jew. <laughs> oh, we should look it up. Do you have the name or no? I looked Wait, him up. Name? He's not a guy I ever heard of, but uh, oh, okay. I, I think there was a little bit of a, a little bit of appropriation there. Got it. Well, well, look at you. <laughs> you got ahead of me. I can't believe it. Goddamn right, I'm doing my fucking dizzle, baby. Jesus, you're you're working. <laughs> hey, that Ayatollah bit you did on Kimmel was fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. You liked it? <laughs> I fucking loved it. Oh, good. <laughs> Larry Davis office. What's up? Let me speak to Larry. It's Jeff. Okay, transfer to here. How? What's taking so long? Get Larry. Hold we on. start to hear the downsides on. of Leon as an assistant. Hey, turn on the TV. What channel? Every channel. Every goddamn channel. You're a complete and total fuck up. Larry David, who you may know as the co-creator of Seinfeld, went on Jimmy Kimmel Live last night to talk about his new musical called Fatwa, in which the Ayatollah is one of the main characters. He has a small harem. Uh, he has a fetish for redheads. <laughs> and twice a year, he goes to Ireland on a harem shopping spree. Today, the Ayatollah Abdullah Khazamani of Iran has accused Larry David of blasphemy, issuing an actual fatwa, and calling for the death of the comedian. <laughs> Here's what the Ayatollah had to say. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is right? No one Larry, uh, Av, you don't have the uh, captions on. No disparage our owner. I didn't uh, disparage. There was no disparage. Uh, you did disparage. Uh, no, no, we have I a translator. I begged you not to imitate the Ayatollah. No, you did. I told Leon. I said, you got to get this message to him. Just told you not to tell me to do the Ayatollah? I don't fucking remember. How the fuck am I going to remember that shit? I love Larry arguing with the Ayatollah through the TV. <laughs> well, I'll convert. I'll convert. Yeah. <laughs> convert to Mormonism, convert to Islam. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Larry's got himself in some big trouble, seemingly. Mm. Yeah. Um, so he's going to head over to the FBI, uh, meet with former uh, office uh, boss David Wallace. Yes. Um, and Larry's like hysterical and he's telling Larry, don't worry, you have nothing to worry about. And Larry's like, well, easy for you to say. There's no, you know, Batwa found uh, Fatwa bounty on my on your head. And Jeff's like, what about like Fatwa by association? Like, do you think <laughs> that like because I know Larry, they might come after me? And agent's like, you're fine. <laughs> um, and Larry's like, OK, I, I know what I need to do. Like, I need to go back onto Kimmel and I need to apologize and then everything will be fine. And Jeff's like, you think I didn't think of that? I called Kimmel. They don't want nothing to do with you. Like you're, you know, they they don't they don't want to be fought with by association. Um, and you know, now none of the producers that were interested in the show were interested anymore. Like no one wants to touch this thing anymore. No one wants to have anything to do with you. 
Um, Much like yeah. when he tripped Jack. What? Much like when he tripped Jack. Yes. Yeah. 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 Everyone's very. Back then, he wanted nobody to have anything to do with him. Yeah. So we head over to the coffee shop where Larry's supposed to meet Richard Lewis. And Lewis is looking all over for him until finally he spots Larry sitting at one of the tables and he is wearing a uh, mustache and disguise and, you know, fake glasses. Mm. And he looks just like uh, Bill Simmons, his father. (laughs) Interesting. That's not a bad call. Yeah. Um, And he's like, wait, you think this is going to help? And Larry's like, well, it can't hurt. And Lewis is like, well, the good news is I'm still alive. And, uh, you know, you should really not take things so seriously. After all, you're a comedian. And Larry can't believe, like, you're comparing this to the death of his stupid bird. And um, suddenly uh, Numa comes storming in looking for Larry. He's yelling, you know, I'm going to kill you, Larry. Where the fuck are you, Larry David? And Larry's, like, hiding under the table. And Richard Lewis is like, what is this, fatwa? And he's like, no, lesbian bride. And uh, he crawls out and uh, makes a run for it. We cut back home to Larry. And he's back in his shower where he started the episode and he hears a door open, somebody coming into the shower. And right as the curtain opens, he says, Fatwa. And Susie opens the door and says, no fucker, foisted mm-hmm. and punches mm-hmm. him in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say it's a little like disjointed that there isn't like a scene breaking up the same joke twice in a row. Like the, the each of the last two scenes end with you know, somebody thinks that it's a fatwa, but really it's, you know, just some somebody that Larry David has somebody else that Larry For David has reason. wronged. Yeah. But just like, hasn't issued a fatwa yet. They're just pissed at him. Um, so yeah, like it's it just feels a little off. I think both scenes like independently are great. Um, but it's just like kind of odd to just have those like back to back like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It's also it's not clear to me like I understand why Susie is, is is mad, I guess. I don't really understand why Numa wants to kill Larry. Like, she's the one who left. Like, if she wants to go back to Betty, she just can go back. Larry has nothing to do with it anymore. Betty has a reason to be mad more than Numa does. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, my issue with Susie, as I said before, like, she didn't respect the code of the foist. When Marty Short did it to Kimmel, Kimmel didn't show up at Marty Short's bathroom and punch him in the face. <laughs> right. He forwarded him along to LD, and LD did the same to Kimmel. <laughs> like, Susie doesn't play by those rules. Which I guess is why she's Susie, but yeah, yeah, she yeah. beats the she marches to the beat of her own drum. Yeah, all right. Bob, how do you rank this episode? I rank this episode very highly. Um, I'm gonna say this episode is pretty, 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 pretty good. Four and a half pretties. Um, there's just like everything with Leon in this episode is complete gold. Uh, we coined foisting, we coined lamping. Um, it's uh, it really sets up the the fatwa storyline um, in a really good way. I I didn't look back at my other ones, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is my highest ranked uh, series uh, sex season premiere. Um, it's an excellent season premiere, and I think we've seen that they're often like kind of blah, and they're really just like setting things up, putting be- be- uh, balls in motion. Um, but this one like does that, and is also like really funny and really memorable. Um, so yeah, I'm like I was super into this episode. Um, I I don't expect that that's going to last for this entire season because I don't remember it that fondly. But off to a great start. Yes, this is my highest rated uh, season premiere. Also. I have it one spot ahead of the pants tent, which is the series premiere. And, you know, that's just the excitement of the show, perhaps. Yeah, it is interesting. You know, Vulture ranked this as the second worst episode of the entire series. 
Really? So I went to see what that is. And, and I, I think you do have to keep in mind that it comes out like in the summer of 2017. So we've had Trump as president for nine months. Uh, this is what they say. Expectations were sky high when Kerber turned after a several year hiatus. Plenty expected President Trump to be a target, though instead we got dot, 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 the Ayatollah. You know, and they're saying that it's a little bit dated, some of these takes. I, I understand what they're saying. Um, but, you know, I look at this episode the way that Elon Gold described Kerb, which is a series of bits. And if you look at it that way, you know, like, look how many great bits we have. The Leon stuff, as you said, all great. The Susie stuff is great. The Richard Lewis stuff is great. We get a slight hint of Ted and Cheryl. Lampin is great. Foisted all timer. So we're overall like I'm, I'm really, 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 really high on this episode. I will uh, rate it pretty, 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 pretty good. I'm only going to give it four uh, because that's how many Larry rated the voice job. And I thought that was perfect. But mm. if, if, you know, if that's four, then how can this be more? <laughs> I do think that the voice ultimately backfires because it gets him punched in the mouth. And I'm afraid that's what season nine is going to do to me. Yeah, it, it very well might. And so for that reason, I only give it four, but I do rank it. It's the, my uh, 21st uh, of my 93 episodes ranked. So, yeah, it's just a, a, a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous uh, episode for me and for you, it sounds like. Come with guy. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. Uh, you know, for me, certainly no drama here. Peak Leon. Just. Yep. He, he can't be better. It, it's, it's incredible how good he is. It's also incredible. This is only the, the fourth time I've ever named him my uh, come with guy. You've only done, given it to him twice before this episode. So this would be your third time. Yeah. So, yes. But he does. Uh, he does break a tie with Richard Lewis. Yeah. I mean, he just accomplishes a whole lot. He coins two terms. He gets a job as secretary and he. You know, he was constipated in the film to porno. Like he's achieved many great things. Um, ultimate come with guy here. Yes. So good. Uh, what about our fucking asshole? You go for You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. Yeah. My fucking asshole is the Ayatollah. Like, calm down. Like, <laughs> it's just a play. It doesn't matter. Like, you don't have to be issuing fatwas. Like, you don't have to call for, like, the genocides of, like, entire countries. Just, like, chill. Kill Ayatollah. It'll be fine. Just, like, go on with your day. Roll your eyes. And move on. Um, you don't need to like make a whole like murder thing out of it. So yeah, yeah. okay, that's fair. Uh, everything you said is fair, but uh, I'm gonna say that someone else is even worse than the Ayatollah, and that's uh, Susie Green. She doesn't respect the rules of the foist. It's you know she she shits on Larry's hard work of five years. You know, okay, the Ayatollah is offended by it, but you know he has a religious reason. Susie has no reason to be. She's just obnoxious. Um, uh, she's my fucking asshole. Uh, and this is kind of incredible. This is the first time I've ever named Susie Green as the fucking asshole. Fascinating. But yeah, you've even heard come with guy a lot, probably for being for being a fucking yeah. asshole. And so you, really well. you gave it to her in season three, episode seven. And then you gave it to her once more in season 11, episode eight, yeah. which we did recently, but hasn't aired yet. So, yeah. So Susie somehow flying under the radar, uh, only been nominated three times total across the 186 possible possible nominations. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like I feel like it's sometimes like the way that like, you know, the, the best players are always get like too few MVP awards because like yeah. the, like the writers just like like giving it to other people because like that's yeah. more interesting than like giving it to Jordan every year. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Or like Barry Bonds every year, like Barry Bonds should have won like 11 in a row or whatever. Yeah. Um. But it's like, yeah, you know, this guy had a nice season. Let's give it to him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we might be doing that a little bit sometimes with like the Susie's and the Leon's like you want, especially like when you have like a guest uh, in an episode, like somebody shows up. It's like their only time on curb. Like you kind of uh, look into them because like this is their only chance to, you know, pick up these awards. Um, so it, it's I think it's only natural that like the recurring characters will sometimes get overlooked. Yeah, well, you know, coming back to our who's holding the championship belt is the fucking asshole. Uh, yeah. Season 11 hasn't happened yet. So when we ended season uh, eight, 
it was uh, Eileen Salatarov from episode three of that season, Palestinian Chicken, who she grabbed. Yeah. She grabbed it and she did not get let go all uh, all the rest of the season for I think for, she, for saying LOL. Yes. Oh, that was the only thing. Yeah, cheating on her husband. No, it wasn't that. It's saying LOL after jokes. To me, she yeah. still holds it. Like the Ayatollah, okay, he's threatening genocide and Susie doesn't respect voice, but neither is nearly nearly as bad as saying LOL instead of Yeah, but I think I think in any event, I thought we made the rule that the belt could only transfer if both of us had that person as the fucking asshole. Oh, so they're episode. not even eligible in the first place, you're saying? I think. I think yeah. that's what we said. I think it needs to be like th- a, tr- a turning key situation. Yeah, like we, yeah, we both have, had a, yeah, that's we true. both had Eileen as the fucking asshole. But then we got yelled at by Ann Bedian for not making the much worse asshole guy. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. So but yeah, she said, LOL. She's so. talking about Asif Manvi man in elevator as the worst asshole guy. No, and when he pushes all the buttons. <laughs> was it? No, she was talking about. Yeah, yeah the guy. Who's, yes, yes, I'm joking. She's talking about Larry Miller. Asif Manvi is very yes. bad. The, yeah. the guy pushed all the buttons is crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's talk about uh, the cameos we have in this episode. Yeah, some big ones. Would you stop with the Ted dance? Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. I'm better than him. You're worse. (laughs) Much, much worse. Well, so does Carrie Brownstein count? No, she's not playing herself. No, but but, well, no, we'll get to those. I'm saying, but is she a person who like do people know her by name necessarily? No, she's okay. not famous. And Nassim Pedrod, no, also. Uh, I mean, she's more famous because she was on SNL. Okay. Um, but, but not was, really. Okay, sorry. So we get Jimmy Kimmel playing himself, of course. Um, we get L- Lawrence O'Donnell who plays himself on TV. This is the third time we've had that because we had Doctor Phil and we had Rick Chambers. Right. Who's the, the second uh, one? Rick Chambers, the guy who announced the election results in season. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's sure. like a local TV guy in LA. Yeah, he's got playing, it. He's playing himself on TV. Yeah, no, 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 no. He, he yeah. qualifies. He's just much less famous than the, all these other people. Yeah, well, that that's why about. he's in the Richard Lewis Club. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think Kimball clearly is is dancing club. Okay, um, I would say Lawrence O'Donnell probably not. Um, I think you're right. I think you're right. Jimmy Kimmel in 2017 definitely more famous than Ted Danson in 2000. But yeah, Lawrence O'Donnell uh, not. I mean, for for certain people, yes, but I don't. think Yeah, he's like very so famous with like a small. It's like with a small segment of the population, but yeah. like he doesn't have broad fame. Who even watches cable news at all? Like not most people. I, yeah, I mean, they shouldn't. Um, yeah. Oh, for sure not. Yes, it, it doesn't make your life better in any <laughs> it's way. It's very bad for you. Yeah, as you mentioned, we have Andy Buckley, but he's a that guy, you know, most famous for playing David Wallace. Right. He's been in Veep and Always Sunny and every other sitcom, but yeah. Do we get to uh, go visit with the Postman as we flash back to season nine? Yeah, let's go see what the Postman has mm-hmm. from us from the yes. mail. Um, oh, remember to tip your Postmans if you haven't uh, for the new year. Well, not not now. You can't say new. You can't tip for the Well, I you can say, always tip. <laughs> you can always tip. Here's the question. You've forgotten to tip. You give. I mean, I didn't. But I'm saying in a hypothetical where one has forgotten to tip their postman and they give the postman a tip tomorrow, December 13th. Today, when people are listening to this, can you wish him a happy new year? If you're like, can you buy yourself an extension on the happy new year? By throwing if you're giving cash. somebody money, then I think you're allowed to say yes. happy new year. Because okay. right. otherwise, you're like, why are you like, why are you giving them money? Like, you want to explain like, oh, sure. Sorry, okay, so we this, is, away, so this is a way if. Uh, if now your motivation might be you want to give the tip and you'll throw in a happy new year, but if it works, if you just love saying happy new year to people, me, if you see me in real life and you want to say happy new year to me, give me some money. And then you can say, right. otherwise, if you, you pay, if, if you pay me $10, you can say happy new year to me. In July. If you pay me $10, you can say, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. that's yeah. true. Yeah. If you pay me $10, say whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, yeah. So let's uh, let's check out what the postman has for us today. Postman, uh, postman, uh, come here. here Tell okay. the neighborhood right, what a shanda, Larry, uh, uh, Larry David. Larry, uh, uh, you are lousy Jew, but you're a lousy human being. He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair, a shanda. Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew. First up, he has from Joshua Schmitz. Um, I think Josh took a took a break from the postman for season eleven, if I if I'm remembering. I think because haven't heard from maybe him he, maybe he's uh, you know a, uh, he's a he's a pretty 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 good traditionalist. Yeah, yeah. He's like, well, wait, we'll get to we'll season continue. eleven, and then I'll watch season eleven. Yeah. If if that's true, then kudos to you. Yes. Um, he says, "Hello, gentlemen. It's great to be back with another season. This episode sets up the whole season arc of the Fatwa quite nicely. Carrie Brownstein's deadpan delivery as Mara were hilarious when discussing the blessed events. Susie punching Larry in the shower when he's expecting a Fatwa hit is a great payoff, bringing the episode to a close. Come with guy is Leon. The fucking asshole is Jimmy Kimmel for foisting the shitty assistant on Larry in the first place. But and... but why in the chain of foisting do you <laughs> right. see Jimmy right. and not, not Marty Short. Short or Larry David? Well, so and Larry doesn't even seem offended by it. Larry respects the move. I would say based on what we know, the biggest asshole potentially is Marty Short because no, Larry, but he got it foisted from somebody. I think it's how easy because she break, breaks the mold. Well, we don't know that he maybe Marty Short was the first one to hire her. Maybe he's the one that's that screwed well, up. she never had a job in the world before that. No, but maybe he didn't get foisted. Is my well, point. he clearly did because she's terrible. So whoever her recommendation was, it was a false recommendation. You're not maybe he doesn't without a recommendation. No, but like. When I don't you hire think, an assistant, a secretary, a babysitter. Like you always need a recommendation. I don't think it's a foist if like the person is like calling you for a recommendation. It's only a foist if you're like initiating it, like the well, way Larry make, does. No, you make them beg for it the way that Larry did with Susie. That's what's such an excellent foist. Listen, Av, you heard that I'm looking for a babysitter. You let it be known to, into the ether. Obviously, yeah. So I'm, I'm saying I come and ask you, hey, can I hire your babysitter? That's a success. <laughs> what you're describing isn't a non-foist. It's a successful foist. The most successful foist they don't even know. That they're asking for it themselves, but like he he might have just like hired her through like a recruiter. Like you have no idea how she. Well, then the recruiter's got... the foister. No, they, they <laughs> like it could have been everyone was operating in good faith. A foister, a foister specifically is like, one one person like is like the egg. It, it, it never starts. It just has always been. I, I fundamentally disagree. This woman it's was not... foisted from her parents onto her college <laughs> and from her onto a roommate. Like everywhere this woman has gone, she's been miserable in life. Everybody's been foisting. Her father foisted the sperm into her mother. Her okay. father started the whole thing. He's the fucking <laughs> by that logic. The grandfather. I mean, just because um, she's terrible doesn't mean that her. All right. Well, I, I still disagree. I still think it's completely reasonable. She also could have just been like hired for different jobs in different ways. Not everything she ever had in life was due to a voice. Yes. Okay. Um, so I, I, I give some a little bonus uh, asshole points to Marty Short for that reason. Hmm. Um, and Josh gives the episode four pretty out of five. We go next to Jim Crumley, who says it was fun, but a little disconcerting to travel back to season nine. I enjoyed this episode, but the Mara plot was much more fun than the barber wedding side of things. I will be interested to see where Carrie Brownstein shows up on the guest star rankings, though I guess it will depend a lot on your views of Portlandia and or Slater Kinney. Um, yeah, I mean, I I've heard of Slater Kinney only because like they've they like toured with Pearl Jam once and like so like there's like live uh, concert like 
audio that I have okay. with Slater Kenny, uh, but I'm not really familiar with their work. Um, and I saw like a few episodes of Portlandia and it was not for me uh, to say the least. Um, I think, you know, Portlandia, I think is a very specific uh, sense of humor that I'm, I, I know many people love, but it's definitely not for everyone. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, she's not famous at all to me. Um, I would never have been able to name her. Um, I don't know if you, it sounds like you maybe know her a little bit more than I do. Yeah, but not, you know, I, I thought she was more famous than Nassim Pedard, even though, but you're right. Nassim's been on, on SNL, so I'm probably wrong. Yeah, I think just being on SNL automatically makes you yeah more. Because, like, also, like, I've seen your name, like, you know, the way they introduce, you know, they do, like, the cast on each episode. Like, it just um, implants you more than, like, yeah, she was in uh, this uh, uh, a female punk rock band and on, like, a really, really obscure show on IFC channel, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's not that obscure in the world of comedy, but yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's an obscure show. You're right. Yeah, compared to SNL. Um, so, yeah. So, and Jim gives the episode three and a half pretties. Uh, he says the come with guy is Richard Lewis, just the right amount of Richard here, and he knocks it out of the park. The fucking asshole is Larry. It always feels like a cop out to go with Larry, but he is offensive to so many people in this episode. I have a hard time justifying anybody else. All right, we move on to William Blake, who says, hello, Alex and Av. My name is Will, and I feel like I'm wearing a cement inner tube. I love Carrie Brownstein's character, the exact opposite of Larry David in every way, and thus one of his more perfect foils. The come with guy is Jeff for the way that he asked for the lawyer whether he was in danger of fatwa by association. He's looking out for his own for once. <laughs> the fucking asshole is Susie. That punch was unwarranted. Yeah. And he gives the episode three and a half out of five pretties. I thought it set the season up very well. Minus points for the flat Richard Lewis storyline. All right. Moving right along to Zach Brooks, who says, glad to have Lampin officially into the curb vocab. Which term has held the test of time better, Lampin or Foisted? Um, I For think sure clearly foisted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other than these two terms, the episode wasn't very funny or memorable. Lots of half storylines that may pay off later, but didn't really do much for the episode. We should have gotten more about how the foisted assistant sucks and Larry should have left his door ajar to allow Susie to get into his house. At the end. That's a good call. Mm, yeah, that'd be a nice touch. Um, some of the premiere may pay off later in the season. I don't remember. But for this episode, it wasn't great. He gives the episode two and a half, mostly for Lampin and Foisted and Leon in general. Come with guys, Leon, fucking asshole, is the lesbian bride. Which one? The one that Larry thinks should be the bride or the one that is the bride? <laughs> I think probably the one that is the bride. Okay. So Betty. No. Oh. Yeah. Betty is the bride. Oh, well, so Larry she should be the she asshole. Be. I would think yeah. that, if anything, she, he thinks Numa is the asshole. Yeah, Numa should be. Yeah, but she's the groom. Right. Oh, so maybe I mean uh, he wrote bride, no, so he probably means Betty. But yeah. why she does she's not bad. Like she's like very polite. <laughs> All right. Well, um, she shouldn't have been manipulated by Larry David. <laughs> All right. We end things off with Mr. Olin Allen, who says, What a great fun return this was after the long hiatus. Yes. Plenty of good little highlights, some real Leon highlights. Nice playing off with Jeff towards the end. Thought the groom with a couple was wonderful and loved the little antagonistic issues with Richard Lewis. Got to see the full range of Susie from delighted happy friend to freaked out bitter hedonistic revenge freak. Also with her straight hair and relatively understated wardrobe, she looks very appealing. Uh, that's true. She did the straight hair. She is does look good on her. Um, love the introduction of the fatwa as well. Topic intrigues me. And oh, I would have really loved to see this. 
The bits impersonating and showing the Ayatollah as an Irishman or a Catholic background was very amusing. So many little plots, but doesn't feel bloated and sets up some nice themes of the season nicely. Not quite a top tier episode, but did feel it was a very strong, tight start. The door holding and particularly who was bride and groom didn't hit with me. And a fair miss at a hairdresser. I don't think she had great material. Also, my main issue with the door being held for me is feeling I need to increase my pace and rush. Olin, we are on the same page today, buddy. Not to hold up the door holder, but I'm much happier just to go at a regular pace. Exactly. The guy, the overeager door holder is the fucking asshole. <laughs> and he gives the episode four pretties. Just a great fun episode without ever clearing the boundary ropes for a six. Come at me, all you season nine haters. Come with guy. Gotta be Leon. Constipated or not, he is on hand for all sorts of action, be it hot dog contests or shooting a porno. The fucking asshole is Jimmy Kimmel and his production team, foisting the awful assistant, deserting Larry when he needs a chance to apologize, and pushing him to openly discuss the fatwa and make impressions without any warnings. Um, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel is uh, not, he's not not responsible for Larry David getting fatwa. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that he somehow avoids the fatwa by association. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he did, uh, it's not even by association, it's like it was his show. He's like the one that aired this offensive material. Yeah. Like he could have, he could have like edited it out, dropped the interview, realizing how offensive this would be to the Ayatollah, um, and known that the Ayatollah is a huge fucking asshole and is probably going <laughs> to issue a fatwa. Yes. Oh, well, what is our overall rating? <laughs> well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. <laughs> so the audience uh, gave this a three and a half pretties. Uh, making it the 38th ranked episode, uh, according to the audience. And then you gave it a four out of five. I gave it a four and a half out of five, which bumps it all the way up to 4.00 exactly, making it the 20th ranked episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm so far. Um, and now we I are have out a 21, of, so perfect. So now we are out of 91 episodes, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, top 20 episodes so far overall. So glad that we got uh, overall received well across the board, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. All right. Next week, Larry is living in a hotel because he's hiding because of the fatwa. And he'll uh, get into some conversations about uh, how to pick up cookies. Uh, very pre-COVID conversation that they're having. Uh, we will meet another Funkhauser, another member of the Funkhauser family. So very, very excited, especially after the documentary we just saw. Uh, Ted will ask uh, Larry a, a very difficult question, but, but Ted will try and gently ask Larry for, for permission for something. And uh, what else will we get? We will have, I think Leon will <laughs> involve himself in Larry's security situation. And yeah, and we have uh, the Dean have the, from Community is going to be in this episode. Yes, uh, and Fresh. then we will have the Grand Return of one of Larry's greatest lovers and one of the greatest guests on this podcast. That's right. Yeah, That's see, right. She, she has connections because, you know, you're brown and from the Middle East. And so, you know, you must know each other. <laughs> yeah. So I would say that this first episode of season nine was much better than I expected it to be. Sure. Um, because I, I really did not remember this season well. And, and I still have no reason to think that there's not like a bunch of clunkers coming up ahead because I doubt that we're all of a sudden going to love this season after neither of us particularly loved it the first time around. But if they all continue to be as good as season nine, episode one, um, then I'm really expecting seasons nine, episodes two through ten to be pretty, pretty, pretty.